Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, this is NFL legend, two-time Super Bowl champion Gary Clark. You know what you got to tune into, right? You know what podcast is off the chain. What is going on, Washington Nation? Welcome to the Burgundy Network Podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. We have a very special episode for y'all tonight, which is brought to y'all by Bet Online. Regardless of which sports you like to bet on, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to place your bets. Whether it's live bets or future bets on who you think is going to win the championship this year, like Washington, Bet Online <laughs> has all the latest odds, news, and information for your sports betting needs. All you have to do is visit the website or use your mobile device and join today and get a 50% welcome bonus. That's free money. No one's giving out free money except Bet Online. So before the next game, head over to Bet Online and start playing today. As always, I'm your host, Josh Taylor from here in Virginia. Two up, two down. Joining me back on the podcast from Georgia, Brian Murphy. How you doing, Brian? I'm good, man. And as uh, we talked about on Twitter, coming up for the opener, cannot wait. Cannot wait for the football season to get started, preseason started. Right around the corner, we're almost there. Week one's going to be packed. And guys, you can't have a special episode without a special guest. So joining us, former Washington quarterback, and as much as I hate to say it, with this flag here behind me, <laughs> Auburn great Jason Campbell. How you doing, man? Yo, what's going on, Josh? What's going on, Brian? Uh, hey, hey, I'm not gonna hold it too bad, too much against you, Josh, that you got that Alabama in back in the I back. Yeah, <laughs> but it's okay though. You know, you, you, I understand where your heart at. I understand well, I, you got I thought about taking it down. Like, so yeah. As they say, I got too much Bama in me. I couldn't take it down, regardless who's coming on the hey, show. You got to stand you, up. You can for take it down after we beat you. We can take it down after we beat y'all this year. Put it there down. you go. Take it down Guys, again. like I said, head over to Bet Online and bet that money line for Alabama. Uh, the War Eagles not going to be showing up that game. But guys, don't worry. We're not going to be talking about Auburn and Alabama on this episode as much as I would love to. We're going to talk about things that y'all want to hear about. So Washington, of course, we're going to talk quarterbacks. We got Jason Campbell here, and I've been listening to him on his podcast some. You know, listen to the enemy lines with uh, Auburn as he has his podcast in the Believe Network. And of course, I'm sure the comments are going to be rolling in as we go live. But guys, before we do get started, I'm sure y'all saw on Twitter today. Uh, first off, just wanted to talk about something with the Hog Farmers. A uh, special boy named Jalen down in Houston, Texas, fighting for his life. Um, reached out to us in the Twitter community, and we want to make sure that uh, we spread awareness to make sure we can get his wishes made. So guys, I'm going to have this scrolling here at the bottom of the page throughout the whole episode. So check it out on Twitter at the Hog Farmers and help out with Jalen and make a difference in that family's life. Definitely appreciate that. But Jason, first off, I want to talk about what I think 90% of people would believe. There's still some that don't. Right now, Ryan Fitzpatrick is quarterback one for Washington. So for a player that's been in the league for so long as Ryan Fitzpatrick, one of the first guys that ever drafted him being Sean Taylor, if you had to write up a player bio or a profile for Ryan Fitzpatrick, for you know some people that haven't seen him play throughout his career, how would you really describe Fitzpatrick as a quarterback? Well, you know, there's a reason they call him Fitz Magic. You know, let's just face it. You know, the guy he has uh, it's a roller coaster type of, of career. You know, he's had some really bright moments, and then you know he'll hit you for four or five games where he's hot. You know, he's the hottest thing going, and then you know sometimes during spurts of games. 
you know, there'll be a few where, you know, you kind of scratch your head a little bit. And uh, it's only because the type of player that he is, you know, he's a risk taker. And I think that's why people, that's why the teammates kind of adapt to him. And, you know, especially like you, you're a receiver, you no know, Terry McLaurin and, you know, and those guys, Samuels and, and Humphreys, like you got to be excited, you know, just because you know that this guy going to take some chances. And he may throw four or five picks one game, and the next game he may throw four or five touchdowns. And, uh, and I think the reason he's able to do that is because he doesn't let things bother him. You know, he's seen so much at this level. He's been in the league now for 17, 18 years. Uh, you know, it's not nothing he hasn't seen before. Uh, so you think about defenses and everything that he sees in the game situations, when you're dealing with Scott Turner, who's now his second year as an offensive coordinator, I think it does help him to have a veteran quarterback, someone that Zampezi has coached before at Cincinnati. So he knows Coach Zampezi. So there's chemistry there. And when you have chemistry, like he can fix a play in the middle of a in the middle of a game if he knows something doesn't come in right, where maybe a young quarterback is still trying to learn the system, he kind of already knows how to fix the play, get guys lined up, get them in the right place so guys don't panic once they leave the huddle. And I think that's something he adds to this team, especially when you think about we're so defense-oriented. You know, this is going to be one of the top five defenses in the National Football League. Oh, yeah. So you're going to be in every football game. And I'm pretty sure they're telling Ryan, like, yes, we want you to take the risk and take those chances, but also understand what you're dealing with. This is probably the best defense you've ever played with in your career. So, you know, understand that you don't have to take a lot of those risks that are not there and, and give the opponent uh, the ball in their territory. Yeah, that's something I've been, you know, telling people about. I feel like with Fitzpatrick, he's always felt like, hey, I've got to go out there and win this game. Doesn't have the best supporting cast, especially on defense, too. I feel like with this team, with the weapons he has, and then he has that defense, like, hey, if I do make a mistake, I trust the defense that I have are going to stop them. I'm going to get the ball back and make up for it with my Fitz magic, you know, turn that Fitz tragic around. So I feel like he's not like I have to, you know, play wild sometimes and win the game. My defense can help him out. Yeah, um, you, you mentioned ahead. his weapons. This is probably the the best receiving core that he's had since his his days with the Jets. I don't know how many years it was, maybe two, with Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker. At the end of the year, Jason, what do you see Ryan Fitzpatrick doing stats wise? I mean, what does this season look like for him? Do you think he starts all seventeen games? I mean, at the end of the year, what are we looking back on for Ryan Fitzpatrick? Well, I say in order for this team to, to get to where they're trying to go, you know, he has to play all 17 games. That means that he's staying the course. You, know, you don't want to get in a situation where last year Miami Dolphins had him and, you know, they was having a winning record and all of a sudden they pull him because the pressure to play Tua. And then also Tua goes in there, but then you still throw fits in there late in games to try to, you know, to get the win. You know, he's your relief pitcher. And, you know, I just think that that kind of rubbed him a little bit the wrong way, and that's tough to do. It doesn't matter if you're a veteran or a young quarterback like – you know, they was winning at that time. And I think for him, the most important thing I heard out of Ryan out of camp is, you know, this is the best he's ever felt. You know, he feels like this is his best football uh, that he's playing at this point in his career. And uh, when you have a guy that's excited about the game still at this level after all these years, and that pays a lot more dividends than anything else because you know you're going to get his – best effort each and every game he's going to prepare his preparation is going to be on point because it's still exciting to him and when you're playing your best football that comes with confidence and the hardest thing to do in the nfl is not someone off when they're playing with confidence and he comes into this season with that confidence and i think starting the season off it'll be if they can get off to a hot start 
you know, he can he can have a 4,000-yard passing season. You know, he can have 30 mm-hmm. or more touchdown passes because when you look at the weapons he has on the outside and you look at Antonio Gibson, the way he can run the football, you know, they kind of bring that extra defender, put him in a box so you can create one-on-one matchups. And, you know, Terry McLaurin was getting double a lot last year. Well, now you have Curtis Samuel. You know, now he gets healthy. You have Humphreys. You know, these are guys that can help. You know, of course, Logan Thomas will be a year better at the tight end position. He had a lot of receptions last year. So this year, you know, he'll be more acquainted with what's going on within the offense. So, you know, there's there's people all around him that can make the plays, make things happen. And like you said, when you play with that type of defense, that, that creates more opportunities. So he's going to have more opportunity than he's had in his past career everywhere else because that defense is going to get him the ball back. So that's why I say he could be a 4,000-yard passer this year. I would yeah. absolutely love that. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm, I'm with you. I loved hearing the fact that he feels like he's in a good spot. And I feel like for the first time, maybe ever, you know, he really feels like he could be the guy and he was brought in to be the guy. So now he's on his ninth team. How hard is that for a quarterback to come in, you know, that many different systems? You played for five different teams. I mean, what is it like to come into a new locker room to learn new terminology? Or is that easier to do since you've been in the league like he has 17 years? Well, one is all about the welcome of the atmosphere. You know, when you get there, you know, Washington opened him with welcome, welcome arms. And uh, and I think that makes him feel good from that standpoint. The other part of it is he's so used to transitioning that it's been a big part of his career that this doesn't phase him. Uh, the one thing that's that he's already looking forward to, like I said before, having Coach Sam Peasy, that's a familiar face to him. And when you're in a quarterback room, that's very important. I remember when I went to the Raiders, uh, you know, I ended up having a really good time out there and then all of a sudden you know we get al saunders my second year there and then we we're really lighting it up starting that year off and i break my collarbone so you know it's just because the familiarity that was there you know it, it paid off for me it wasn't like you're starting over from scratch and just like you say for ryan this is this is just another bump in the road and uh something that he's been used to in his career so where it may appeal and phase some quarterbacks they have to learn different offenses all over again learn this all over again it doesn't phase him because this has been a part of who he is as a quarterback he's always had to adapt he's always had to be willing to come in at any given time and, and play whether he starts the game or whether he relieves the game so i think from a locker room standpoint you couldn't have a better guy to deal with the younger quarterbacks that's on your roster and heineke and, and allen so you know i think those guys can learn a lot from him just because of the transition of the highs and lows he's been through because it's hard to go high all the time in the nfl you know there's there's hills and valleys like but it's all about like how you maintain and how you stick it out throughout this is going to keep you in the nfl and what's going to sustain you yeah and you mentioned heineke and that's my next point i really want to bring up because even now it seems like people you know throughout camp in the first game of preseason People firmly believe that Taylor Heineke can be the next guy for us. So I was really interested in what you saw, you know, against the Bucs. And also, you know, we saw that small sample of him. He came through camp looking much better, put on a lot of muscle. Definitely he's taking this job serious. And we saw a little bit more in preseason with him. What's your thoughts about Heineke? Do you think there is actually a chance that he could be the guy moving forward for the future? Well, if you Heineke, you know, why not think so? You know what I'm saying? Like, why not me? You know, I always say that yeah. because anytime you're a quarterback in the locker room, like you just never know when your play going to come. You know, he could be out there and you know, knock on wood if something happened early in the season. All of a sudden, he may be the guy for the next 12 games. And, uh, and he has to have that mentality to be able to be successful in the National Football League. I say this, like when he played against the Bucks last year in the playoffs, you know, no one had a chance to watch film on him. They didn't know what they was going to get. 
and you can tell the Bucks was definitely caught off guard with his playing ability and the way he was able to make plays outside the pocket, his poise. He was able to sit in there and make some throws in, in critical moments, and I think he built off of that. And I think the fact that he had a good game against the Bucks, he's now coming in this thing fully confident where he feels like, hey, I went against the Super Bowl champions in the first playoff game. Like, it doesn't get any tougher than that. So let me come into this camp, even though I understand y'all probably going to put Ryan first, QB1. I'm not far behind. I'm pressing his toes each and every day. And if he slips up, that's my opportunity. And what I do with my opportunity from that standpoint on, you know, we'll find out. But I just feel like you always got to have two quarterbacks in this in this league. And like I say for Heineke, like I understand everyone right now wants to give him the give him, give him the, everything, you know. But you got to understand, it was still one game. And, you know, this NFL, they get books on you. They write a book on you. Once they get a book on you, start to study you, you have to be yep. willing to adapt and adjust. So it's not enough information out there on him right now to know who he really is as a quarterback. Yes, he had a great game against the Bucs, but we've yet to have him an opportunity to play four, five, six, seven game stretches. And, uh, and and for him, he's in a good position. He just re-signed a contract. And like I said, he's in a position where the pressure is not on him. So if his opportunity comes to play, man, you look across there, you got a great chance with a whole bunch of guys that already don't play with you in a playoff game that's going to believe in you. Yeah, they got your back. And we saw a Chase Young endorsement on them, you know, starting the whole Heineke movement and everything. <laughs> I mean, you got to feel good. I really heard his story after the season, how he was like, man, I was ready to retire. And then, like, this phone call mm-hmm. changed my life. And then I made the most of the opportunity. And, but I do agree. Like, you have to realize once you start studying this guy, even me in camp so far, you know, going to training camp and seeing practice mm-hmm. and stuff, I've noticed things that he loves to do. He has this move. Sometimes he'll leave the pocket a little bit too early and not really trust his pocket and, you know, step up and make passes. So you do have to always sharpen your skills, like you said, be ready. Uh, but I absolutely respect, you know, his thought process and just what work he did in this offseason to come into this season. But, you know, this is going to be the season of rookie quarterbacks, as we've already seen through the preseason. Everyone's talking. Do you think – let's just fast forward to February. Washington looks back, the season's over, you know, all these rookie quarterbacks played. Does Washington regret obviously not getting a Zach Wilson or a Trevor Lawrence? That's not possible. Do you think they say, man, we should have traded up for Trey Lance. We should have got Justin Fields or Mac Jones. No, I think they did the right thing. Like sometimes, you know, you don't want to give up too much for one player. You know, Mm -hmm. I understand that position is very important, but you know, let's just think about it. You know, look at, um, look at Allen uh, up there at, uh, with Buffalo. You know, everyone's about ready to write the kid off after yeah. the first year, after the first year, and then halfway through the second year, and then all of a sudden something switched, and then all of a sudden he caught fire. Then the defense got really good, and then the run game came along. Now the next thing you look up, then the AFC Championship game last year in in Kansas City, and then he just signs a monster contract. You know, so that's just how fast things can change uh, within the NFL. I think for Washington, they had a lot more shoes to fill than just the quarterback. You know. First of all, you get William Jackson III in, in, as, as a corner and free agency. So you got two solid corners, him and Fuller. And then I would say you still got Landon Collins back there at the safety position. And then you go and get Jamin Davis, you know, as your linebacker. Why he do that? Because Coach Rivera had Thomas Davis from he, when he got him from Georgia to play with him at Carolina. So he must have seen some similarities where he was like, okay, I have this guy for this long. I need another linebacker that can make plays from east to west. And I think – you know, Jamie was a guy that played really well at Kentucky. 
you know, not being a huge football school, he made a name for himself. I think for them to shear up that guy on the defensive side, that's what they wanted to do. They didn't have to give up a whole bunch of picks for a guy. And I think Washington is kind of learning from the past a little bit. You know, you give up a whole lot for RG3 uh, back at that time. But then all of a sudden, RG3 gets hurt. Then what? Now you're screwed. You know what I'm saying? So football is built from within, from the inside out. So you have to make sure your D-line and offensive line is sheared up. They went and got a, you know, the offensive tackle from, from Texas in the second round. And, uh, and, you know, this kid, he played good his first preseason game. Yeah, night. Phenomenal. So I, yeah, I thought he looked good. And that's the thing you have to do. You have to be patient. You don't always have to have a Ferrari or a Lamborghini back there. Like sometimes you can drive with a Mercedes. You can drive with something smooth and have everything else around that person clicking and get you to where you want to go. So, you know, you learn anything from the Super Bowl last year. Kansas City can put up 40-some points a game. But all of a sudden you run up against a defense like the Bucs and you can't you can only score nine points in the in the Super Bowl. That goes to show you, yes, Tom Brady gets a lot of credit just because he plays the quarterback position. But let's not forget, you shut down the number one offense to nine points in the Super Bowl. That was done by defense. So defense still wins championships. Offense still sell tickets, but the game is still won for championships on the defensive side of the ball. 100% agree. And like you said, you know, building up the offensive line, obviously huge because you saw Pat Mahomes run for his life. Mm-hmm. And that's honestly their biggest question this year, replacing five guys. They don't know how that offensive line is going to look, and it might have the same results. And that's what I've been telling people. Like, you don't just go all in and invest your whole future. Uh, you know, Ron Rivera said it multiple times. You don't mortgage your future on one player. Because what if he gets hurt? You know, like you said, with uh, RG3, same thing. It could set us back instead of move us forward as a team. So my next question builds off of that. With the draft that Washington has, are we the 49ers next year? Because that's the team we've been compared to for the last few, like, last few <laughs> years. You know, building up that line. We have this yeah. team set. Are we that team that just goes all in next year in the draft and either get Aaron Rodgers, which we would all, you know, obviously love, or do we trade up and draft that guy, Sam Howell, Malik Willis, um, Spencer Rowell, one of those guys in the draft next year? Are, are we set up to do that now that we've built this team? Well, I tell you this, it all depends on how you finish the year out. Um, you know, if you're a playoff football team, that means you're going to be drafting later in the first round. And that means you pretty much had a good year. So, you know, do you stick with Ryan for another year? What kind of year does Ryan Fitzpatrick have that you want to say, okay, if he has a really solid year, do we go another year with him? Or if he doesn't have a really good year and all of a sudden Heineken plays and all of a sudden he does pretty well, do you give him another full shot with an offseason of training as a starter and going through minicamp and OTAs and, and all those different things as the, as the guy? Or do you see enough of him during the season and you say, okay, guys, you know, we either need to go get a veteran quarterback because we're built to win right now. Or with our young defense, we re-sign a lot of these young guys with Chase Young, the Montez Sweat, and we go get a younger guy and we let him groom with them. And all of a sudden, you know, we're looking three, four years down the road as having an opportunity to, you know, to, to make a run at it. So those are questions that has to be answered at the end of this season. I don't think you go into this season saying, hey, do we got to have a guy right now? You will find out this year once Ryan Fitzpatrick plays. <laughs> somebody dog agree. <laughs> yeah, once Ryan Fitzpatrick plays and then once if Heineke gets the opportunity to play, what those two guys do. And then you make that decision accordingly because 
there will be some guys out there this year, but I thought this year was a strong quarterback class. I'm not 100% sure what the 2021 class going to look. I mean, 2022 class is going to look like. So, you know, that's a lot of football to be played, a lot of decisions to be made. But at the same time, this team is trending in the right direction because you have a young nucleus front seven for sure on the defensive side. And you've been doing some things on the offensive, offensive line side that that's where you win the game. I don't care who you got at quarterback. If you can't protect the quarterback, you're not going to score points. You know, no matter how good Kansas City was last year, when they lost both of their tackles, the right tackle and the left tackle, they couldn't score points because Mahomes couldn't get the ball off. And yep. you just look like a regular person at that time. So, man, it takes everybody, man, to win a Super Bowl and win championships, man. It can't just be – I understand quarterbacks get a lot of glory. Sometimes we get too much of the – default but i'm telling you you gotta it's coming have from a quarterback guys. too so right you gotta have those guys <laughs> man to stand in front of you and build that wall you know it, it just gotta happen if you want to get that deep in the playoffs yeah it, you know I, i'm with you i thought ron was kind of transparent which was kind of surprising to me that he said you know we're going to build up everything around it and then drop the quarterback in whether it's a rookie or whether it's a veteran and so you see them doing that and you're right this year is huge it's kind of like that tilting point like are we there are we ready for that yeah. quarterback or not and so it'll be interesting to see you mentioned well, heineke getting yeah. or go ahead i'm sorry well i'm gonna say you know to your your point brian look at uh ryan Tannehill. you know right. what tennessee did they had Mar marcus Mariota. you know Great but call. they was building everything else around it and then all of a sudden ryan Tannehill comes available they're like mm -hmm. okay here's a veteran guy has some right. experience you know i feel like we just got to get him in the right system with the right pieces around him he can kind of win what happened, they go and get him now. They've been to the playoffs the last two years. And they're, they're still building. They get Julio. But they're getting veteran guys now because they're building themselves to win. But they're a middle-aged football team. They're not an old veteran team, and they're not a young team. They're a middle-aged football team. Is where you want to be at in a National Football League to have an opportunity to win. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you mentioned earlier Taylor Heineke kind of getting rewarded for, you know, that playoff game and just what he brings to the table. I thought another guy that we've already talked a little bit about Logan Thomas got a, a big deal or a bigger deal this year, kind of locking him in as their tight end for the next few years. And we all know that he was a quarterback. I think that that storyline's overplayed. But how important or how helpful can it be to have a former quarterback as a weapon? You know, he knows now how to run the tight end position. But, you know, if you're throwing to a guy that's been a quarterback before, is there something that kind of helps you out there? Or how can he help out Ryan Fitzpatrick or whoever his quarterback is? Well, yeah, when you, when you think about it, you know, this is a guy that's, that's setting those same seats. You know, he's he's had to look at coverages. He's had to look at blitzes. So, you know, there's certain things he can see at a, as a tight end, which is I always say the quarterback safety net. You know, it's something everybody blitzes or something just go haywire. You can always find a tight end and dump the ball off to. And I think having Logan Thomas as the tight end where he can look up and say, okay, I see this coverage, but I know they're going to roll to this coverage at the snap because this is preached now. This is what we studied in the film room. And so he can find those soft zones in that in the holes of, of defenses and everything, especially those cover twos, those Tampa twos. You know, you get two-man, you know, how to beat certain guys. You know you got to get outside leverage on your defender, and you can break out any outbreaking route. You got him. Or if he's outside leverage, how can you get inside of him uh, on two-man routes? But you know the ball, the quarterback only can hold the ball maybe two to three seconds, the ball got to come out. So those are things 
that he can help uh, help out the quarterback with is knowing that time clock, knowing when you see certain blitzes, how much time is he has to get that ball out. So you may speed up your route. Instead of getting 10 yards, you may get seven and a half. You may get eight yards just because you know the ball got to come out. And that's time, those things come off chemistry. And that comes off knowing the game, knowing coverages. And I think that's kind of what helped him kind of transition from a quarterback to a tight end was him also knowing how to read defense and defenses and finding the soft zones. And the hardest thing for him though, is you can't teach us learning how to block big defenders. You know, oh, yeah. you know, he he's in a good generation because this is a pass happy league where the tight end now some offenses is either the number one guy or the number two guy, you know, just based off whoever offense you're in. And I think for him, he's a big guy. He's tall. The quarterback is easy to see him and find him on the field. And he knows he's going to be matched up with linebackers or safeties most of the time. So he has an opportunity to win his matchup. But the other thing is, it's just for him, it's the next step is how do I get involved in run blocking in the passing game? Because that's just where that's where he probably got to gain a little bit more weight in order to be able to drop his butt and be able to block some guys in the, in the run game. And you, and you bring up a slogan. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, you mentioned the reps and that, that one throw that uh, Fitz made to uh, yep. Logan Thomas the other night, he threw it before he was even out of his break. And so it just, it's encouraging to see that they already seem like they're on the same page and hopefully there's just more and more of that as the year goes on. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say that, that pass, as soon as they threw it on the broadcast, they're saying like being a former quarterback, like the chemistry they built right away, Logan Thomas was still running his route and the ball was out of his hands. Like I said, right. two seconds it left Fitz's hands and it landed exactly where only Logan Thomas could catch it. And you see that chemistry with Terry already. And I've been telling people, Adam Humphreys is his safety blanket. Also like right. play together in Tampa Bay mm-hmm. that he showed it twice on third down in that first preseason game. I'm sure we'll see more of it, but just overall, just looking at this team for this year, what kind of expectations do you have for Washington? How do you think offensively and defensively, it really just comes together and if you just had to predict a final overall, not just a record, because anything can happen. All right. But what would really be a successful season in Washington this season? Well, I say this, uh, you know, defend the division again. You know, I say win the division. Uh, I know last year the division was really bad, you know, injuries across the board. But, uh, you know, they did what they had to do. They won the division at a seven and nine. But, you know, as a football player and as a player, you sit at home, you understand you don't like that seven and nine record. And uh, you understand that you got in. But at the same time, you want to get in rolling on better situations. And uh, the reason I say that is, you know, winning becomes a habit. And once you begin to win and win and win, it just kind of trickles out throughout the whole football team. So I would say, first and foremost, find a way to win your division. And this is a division that, you know, last year, even with the Giants, you know, not having a good year, they found a way to beat Washington twice. And uh, so you got to find a way, okay, what did the Giants see, you know, that, or do they just have our number? You know, so you have to find a way to, to beat the Giants, got to beat the Eagles, you know, who know they're rebuilding the, their football team. But at the same time, don't let your guard down because you never know what Jalen Hurts can do. You never know, you know, who they who they sign in free agency or, or who's going to step up. And they, they have a brand new coach. So you really don't know their scheme just yet. So, mm-hmm. you know, now you become the hunted because you won the division last year. You can't afford to let your guard down now. Dallas, you know, Dallas is going to be better. They get Dak back. You know, Zeke has lost some weight. You know, they get all their weapons back on the offense. And you think about, you know, their defense. Yes, they they went and got the guy from Penn State, Parson, you know, the linebacker. But my whole thing is where does Washington has the edge at? Washington has the edge on defense. 
You know, they had, you know, so that's why I think Washington wins this division again this year is because I think from a defensive standpoint, they can match up with Dallas. When you go pound for pound, like you put out corners against their against their receivers, you know, they got some really good ones. But at the same time, I think our pressure can get the deck so that they don't have time to get the ball deep down the field. So I think it's going to come down between Washington and Dallas. I like Washington winning the division, making the playoffs. It's a 17 game season. And just like I tell everybody. Everybody can look good on paper, but until everyone can stay healthy throughout the whole year, because that's the teams that make the playoffs is the healthiest teams at the end of the year. And those teams are the teams that get in and have an opportunity to, to go from game to game to try to get to the ultimate goal. So, you know, I like watching it if they stay healthy. They got to stay healthy up front, especially yeah. on the offensive line. You know, you're still a, you're still trying to build depth there. And, you know, I like the, the, the quarterback situation because – you do have a guy there. Something was to happen. You have a guy that has some experience now and guys can believe in, but the offensive line has got to stay healthy to open up the run game because the run game has got to get going this year. That's how you create those opportunities outside. You got to get the run game going. If you don't get the run game going, it's, it's going to be a struggle because teams just going to pin their ears back and just try to match up outside and come at the quarterback. And it's funny. You mentioned being healthy five of the last six NFC East games, all back-to-back to end the season. So the healthiest yeah. team will come out and win. One last question I want to ask you is, with COVID protocols and the new things coming out, do you think any teams, you know, really going to struggle with that this season? Are we going to see any games get canceled or forfeited? You know, we saw the Broncos, Saints, I think Bills and Steelers had a little bit of it last year. But do you think it's really going to be a huge concern this season and affect any teams? Well, I think now the teams have a year – they're a year better at it. And what I mean by that, they, they had a whole year to go through now where they – you know, the unknown was every week. You didn't know if you were playing a game, not playing a game, or who's going to be up or who's going to yeah. be out. Where this year, you kind of have a chance to say, okay, guys, you know, guys that get vaccinated, guys that don't get vaccinated, you know, it's your, it's your choice. But at the end of the day, though, the training staff, the players, they all have a better, I think, routine of how to stay healthy, how to stay, you know, away from the virus, how to try to, you know, deal with it from within as a team. And, uh, and try to meet your expectations by the end of the week. And I think it also goes back not just to players, but how do they deal with it with their families? You know, guys that have kids that go to school and, you know, and everybody. So you have to, like, sit your whole family down and you have to come up with a game plan. Last year was tough. You know, I covered college. I got NFL last year, and it was tough because guys were getting scratched on Thursday, you know, and, and you know, games getting canceled on Friday, the day before the game. You know, you want to talk about – taking athletes and taking people through a mind, mind, mind boggling, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's hard. You know, that is, that's about as tough as, as it gets. And I think, you know, these guys can't wait for this season to get here. I understand that, you know, most of the Washington football players are now vaccinated. I think they're above 80% or something they were saying um, that definitely helps because if someone was to get COVID, you know, it's a quicker return than in two yep. weeks. You know, so that helps in a lot of ways. But, man, this is um, this is definitely we're still not at the water yet. I know fans are excited to be back. Uh, I know players playing the game of football, man. Game of football, it's about it's intense, man. It's like it's hard to play a game of football with no fans. You know, you you like fans just do something to you like they they can get your emotions going. They can get it riled up. And they just when you're when you're down, it's third and one. And, you know, you got to have it like you feed off that energy when it's loud and when they're not there and you just hearing a sound thing coming through the system, you have to mentally challenge yourself to say, 
okay, I got to get this done. I got to get this done. I got to assume this people here hollering and everything. I got to, I got to get this done. So it's just a difference, man, to have fans back in the stands, to have people, cause we don't know when this is going away. So you can't just say, Oh, no fans, because we just don't know what it's going away. It's maybe, we yeah. don't know how long it's going to be here. So we have to be willing to adapt and just go accordingly and just try to be as smart as possible if we can about this. Absolutely. Now, Jason, would you ever coach football? Are you enjoying the sports media life? You know, with podcasting, <laughs> broadcasting, everything. If 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 Auburn calls you up, says, "Hey, terminology yeah. down for sure." Yeah, I had a couple opportunities to to coach college football. I haven't. I actually had a couple opportunities to try to get back into the NFL uh, as a coach, but you know, that's a lot of time. You know, I feel like I gave the game a lot of time. I, I kind of enjoy the the analyst part of it. I'll be on CBS this year a couple times doing a. Uh, NFL Monday Quarterback Club up in New York. Uh, I do that a couple of times this year. So uh, I'm kind of enjoying that aspect of it where I'm still around the game, still covering the game, but I get a chance to watch my nephews play on Friday nights. You know, I get a chance to go out and coach a bunch of eighth graders and seventh graders and, you know, where they're just getting into the game. Like, that's fun to me, you know, to be able to give it back. I could have played 15 years in the NFL, but, you know, I lost the fun of it, man. Like, once, like that's why I say for Ryan and him to keep playing that long, that means they had something to turn for him. You hear him say the last four years of his career has been his funnest four years. And I remember having a conversation with him back when I was playing with the Raiders and he was in Houston and he was talking about retiring at the end of that year. And then all of a sudden now you look up, he's still playing and everything. Like <laughs> yeah, it, it, it amazes me, like just how something like that can just happen to a guy where all of a sudden you're just not having fun, but all of a sudden you end up in the right situation and things click and this thing you know you feel like a kid again playing the kid's game and uh, and everything, man. So kudos, man, to him and, uh, and everything and, and what the Washington is trying to do this year. And uh, so, you know, I appreciate, you know, all the things that, uh, you know, from this side of it, you know, getting a chance to cover guys and talk to guys and, uh, and everything, especially after I've been in it. But it's fun to get to meet you guys, you know, get to hang out with people that I probably would have never met, you know, had I been involved in the coaching because I've still been involved in the locker room. You know, but now I get a chance to just talk to fans. I get a chance to talk to, you know, other networks, other podcasts, uh, people that are trying to, you know, be in the game and, and everything in the span. So that's fun for me. And I enjoy that aspect of it. Yeah, I enjoyed Man. seeing you talk to uh, Julie and Bram and them not too long ago. I was like, there's Jason. He's back around. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, the, this is yeah. what you're doing, Jason. You're changing the culture. We got Jason back on the squad. So um, yeah, but that's... definitely appreciate you coming. Go ahead, Brian. I would say, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for joining us. And I can't believe that, you know, we're sitting here talking to the former quarterback of our favorite team. I mean, it's just awesome that you are yeah. able to connect with the fans and, and all that. And uh, why don't you go ahead and plug your podcast so uh, people can check that out. It's Auburn. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, so. <laughs> hey, you know, yeah, we're going to plug it just for that. Yeah. 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 I have a podcast with Taylor Beth Davis. Uh, she works with, uh, she also does ESPN and then she works with Carolina Panthers and she also works with uh, Kansas City Royals. So we have a podcast together. We cover everything, all Auburn, all sports at Auburn. And it's called Believe in Everything Auburn. And uh, so, you know, people just check us out, man. It's a free subscription. Just follow us. Many people continue to follow us. You know, the more subscribers we get, the more sponsorships we get. So, um, you know, we've been doing that now for a little over a year and a half, about two years now. And then also, um, you know, I'm doing, like I said, you can follow me on Instagram, jcampbell17. And then our Twitter is uh, jcam underscore 17. So, you know, continue to follow me, man. Continue to try to build a brand and continue to keep growing in this uh, analyst world. Like I said, I had to make a decision between coach or be an analyst. 
So I chose to, to do the analyst because I really enjoy talking about the game and uh, trying to give people insights of like what it's like to be involved in certain situations when crowds going crazy and it's third and seven and games online and you got to make a decision and how do you look at blitzes and look at different coverages. Like it's just a whole bunch of stuff, man, that, you know, a lot of people, you know, they don't know, but once they know it and they feel like they hear it, it makes them watch the game a little bit differently. Yeah, the the former players have been crushing it in the broadcast booth. So I'm looking forward to what you bring, uh, like I said, on CBS, talking about quarterbacks. Uh, but Jason, appreciate you coming on. We'll see you sometime soon. Like I said, this podcast is brought to y'all by Bet Online. So go ahead, Jason said it. We're winning the NFC East. You know, <laughs> skip your phone money. bill, put it on there, and then you get, got all that free money to play with. But Jason, like I said, appreciate you coming on. We'll see y'all next week. Thanks, appreciate you guys. Y'all have a good one. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.